Hey there. This is the end of the first full year of the show, and I want to extend a special thanks to everybody who listens and everybody who has given at patreon.com slash duckfeedtv. You make this show possible. You make the entire network possible. It makes a huge difference for us. We have a lot of cool stuff coming up. Um, the upcoming seasons of the show are going to get a little bit complicated. I am updating the schedule. So if you want to go to radiofreemidworld.com slash schedule, you can see um, what we have coming down the pike for um, the wind in the keyhole and also uh, the lead up to the wolves of the Cala. So once again, radiofreemidworld.com slash schedule to see what is coming down the way. Now let's talk about more Wizarding Glass. Welcome to Radio Free Midworld, a podcast about the Dark Tower series of books by Stephen King. My name is Cole Ross, and today I am joined by Murph Murphy. How's it going? I'm doing just fine. Thank you so much uh, for hopping on to talk about this chapter where the pieces are moving into place and the tension is ratcheting up. <laughs> yeah. Oh boy, reap days are coming. <laughs> yeah, the, 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 moon, the, the moon is here. Old demon moon casting omens down upon us. <laughs> yeah, this is the uh, so this is the first episode we've had you on uh, for this season talking about yep. um, talking about wizard and glass. And I think everybody that I've had on has had kind of a um, a pretty strong reaction to this. Now, you for people who are listening who might not remember, this is your first time through the series, right? It is. Yeah. Uh, like so before we get into the specifics of this section like like what do you think what do you think of like going from the wastelands to this to this like flashback from roland's past so i think i'm going to disappoint you cole okay because this has not been my favorite book so far okay so i know i know a lot of people like uh this this book i it seems to be like yeah just wait until wizard and glass and it was kind of really hyped up and those first couple chapters on the train, I was like, all right, I'm into this. Yeah. This is some like weird West, some like the world has moved on kind of stuff. And then uh, then we get into the flashback and it gets kind of into the, the part of Stephen King that I don't like, which is kind of the magic of children. Yeah, yeah. Because this, this is I mean, I'm I'm very much aware that everyone all, like the of uh, Culpert and uh and well, yeah, Roland is like fourteen. Yeah, and that's oof. That's <laughs> like every time they do something cool, I'm like, yeah, yeah. And then I'm like, oh wait. <laughs> then, I, then I think back to me in eighth grade and in, in Catholic school. <laughs> uh, my where, Dragon Ball T-shirt. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, and it 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 kind of like oof, if they were just like 16. if they were eighteen. Give, yeah, I, give, give me sixteen or seventeen, man. Right, yeah. but but fourteen, like oof. Yeah, I didn't have. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. But when and I like like you said that like the tension's ratcheting up uh, at the beginning, and like yeah, it is. But I also feel like it's been ratcheting up for like a couple chapters. Yes, and like when I so I've read a little bit ahead of where we're going to discuss today, and the climax one hundred percent great. Mm-hmm. But I'm like, we we could have cut out some of this middle stuff. Yeah. I, I don't know but, how I don't know how much of the, uh, the 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 season you've been listening to, but universally, even the people who are really into this, and I count myself as one of them, the pacing is not one of those no. book strengths. That said, 
I think there are some really cool ideas and I think we get to the culmination of uh, them kind of here, especially with uh, with Merlin's grapefruit. Mm-hmm. That's a Marilyn. Marilyn's. <laughs> and we don't quite get to the, the climax of Rhea of the coups, but like I like her as a character. Not as a role model or anything. <laughs> okay, yeah, I was gonna. Say, I don't think anybody would have thought like, "Wow, like Murph's kind of he kind of seems to be all about this like wicked yeah, witch you know, analog." I'm, okay, I'm in. I'm into snakes. Uh, <laughs> so she has a point. Play. She she has a point about it, like it was her only friend, which has to right. be like that has to make Muskie feel bad. Mm-hmm. <laughs> exactly. You know. Oh boy. Yeah. And like, a, like she's she's a very good like. All, all the that surrounding that mm-hmm. is is very very D and D, which I'm into. Of course. And like when you get this kind of weird West, I think that's this is when that's where the this series is at its best. And she's like very much the weird West. <laughs> yeah, she is a a, a bizarre little uh, uh, kind of like blade of fantasy being like plunged right into this. Uh, yeah, and into the story. Right, and but and then everything else seems very kind of small town, which I'm I'm less into. Right, right, and yeah, yeah. But but cool stuff happens. So and also, what is it the the big coffin hunters? A plus name. Oh, of course, yeah. Like what? Like yeah, what they do? We'll we'll find out. But like <laughs> in terms of in terms of naming, I like let's go, let's go, let's form that gang right now, Cole. Let's go. Oh, for sure, definitely. We we'll, we'll get matching jackets or at least bowling oh. or bowl, bowling shirts and hats. Um, yeah, uh, Ooh, and bolas. Yeah, uh, uh, come up with some kind of like snap code. You know, as we walk up. Yeah, no, uh, d- 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 definitely. I think there are a couple of. Uh, I I really think they have some lessons for us and how we how we live our lives. I've been thinking about the big coffin hunters since we've been doing this. And I think yes, that is a really good name. The problem is. Who gave them that name? Because there's one answer that is infinitely lamer than the others, which is we've just decided that we are the big coffin hunters. Oh, right. Yeah. <laughs> it's very much a tunnel snake situation. Like <laughs> for life. Yeah. <laughs> so let's get into it. Let's uh, let, 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 let's uh, look at these different villains and stuff, because, uh, again, they're, they're they're all on the move here. Um, last time. Um, in the uh, previous chapter, when we started the come reap section of the book, tensions kind of rose to a head as Roland and Susan, you know, succumbed to each other's charms. Uh, and that kind of endangers their effort to thwart this conspiracy. John Farson, the good man, is trying to use Henry's oil to power his war machines to take down Gilead. Uh, they didn't expect to find that when they came here. They were just getting out of the way of trouble and they walked right into it. So, Cuthbert uh, beats some sense into Roland. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, they make up. Hey, everything's fine. Roland admits he fucked up. Um, and they get their eyes on the prize once again. Um, just because that is a really dramatic scene. Like, what did you think of what happened right before this? Uh, Cuthbert um, uh, just opening up on Roland and kind of kind of give, so, give him what he needed. So I had it. Yeah, we've went. So this is probably the, the only age appropriate thing. <laughs> Cuthbert giving Roland some chin music. Yeah, well, that over over a girl, uh-huh. like you know, at this he's at the right age where like, yep. oh yeah, this <laughs> uh, 
I would totally do something stupid for a girl at this age. <laughs> yeah. And and I had I won't say that I did, but I definitely had some buddies who did. And there, there probably were some fights. Yeah. Uh, I mean, we weren't there to like, you know, stop a war machine, but like, I don't know. <laughs> you, you, you were there to trade war machine comics from Marvel. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. Uh, what was it? The the uh, the miniatures with the the hordes. Yeah, I was a hordes. All right. Never mind. That's a joke that like three people get. Uh, you know, it was for somebody. I'm sure you made somebody really happy with that. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> Legion of the Everblight for life. <laughs> was it like Heroclix? Like what, what? What? What was that? Yeah, it it was, but it, well, actually, it was very much like a forty k, but oh, like, like Warhammer, yeah, yeah. But uh, but uh, you know, they were what was it? They had uh, they were steampunk. Okay. Yeah, oh, I'm, I'm sure. <laughs> I'm sure I saw boxes of them at the the comic oh, shop. Oh yeah. yeah, you yeah, you inevitably did. <laughs> Uh, so let's jump into the chapter here, Wizards Rainbow. We're going to be covering up through the chapter called The Ashes, if you're uh, if you're listening to this and want to know the bounds here. Uh, so remember, Jonas started shacking up with Coral, uh, kind of to the bafflement of everybody around him. Um, and we're going to open up on the scene where uh, Latigo, one of John Farson's men, comes and they start uh, kind of laying out their plan for what they're going to do because Farson is not pleased about the presence of these in-world brats. Yeah. So I like everything about Farson because we don't get a lot about him. Mm-hmm. I think it's it's one of those things like my imagination is a lot better because he like he's he's hanging with the man in black. Uh, he's got this crazy, you know, artifact and like he knows enough about it that like, oh, hey, I'm going to send this away <laughs> so that it doesn't consume my soul. So but like he's at least that smart. And also, like, he's smart in magic, but he also has, like, crazy technology. Like, but then we just don't hear anything about him. No, no. We never actually get a scene with Farson himself. We only ever see the effects that he has right. on other people. Like, you know, moving people around as he is this canny political manipulator. Right. right. And, and and I don't know. I don't know. Maybe I'm saying something I don't know that happens later in the other books. But... Uh, like, yeah. Oh, so, but I think it's better this way because again, as soon as you like show me something, it's going to be worse off. Yeah. Um, I'll be curious if you end up following along with, uh, with the comics because the comics that take place between the end of wizard and glass and where we find Roland, um, and and the gunslinger and Mm -hmm. end up telling the story of the fall of Gilead and John Farson plays, a more central role. Oh. Okay, so that I I think I was gonna, you know, I'll you know, I'm 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 in. Okay, I, I just yes. I, the the reason I asked, like I said, I'm curious, like if you like that and if you prefer to have it unilluminated, what they do might actually be lamer than what you're thinking of. Well, yeah, but you know, I'm I'm in here to smash my illusions. Okay. So yes, I, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But um, Jonas is relieved because the, the that giggling man uh, who laughs like the dead is not here. It is just Latigo, who is mm-hmm. uh, kind of the kind of the closest that we get. Uh, Latigo is like uh, his general or his lieutenant, uh, the person who's in charge of this whole operation. <laughs> I love this detail of uh, Latigo talking about uh, trying to get these radios to work. Oh yeah, <laughs> and, they, and they just don't. 
yep. for some reason. Or they do, but kind of. <laughs> they work sometimes. He's like, I, I hate these. The gods laugh at them. Like, just he, he, ha- he has no part of it. But, like, you get the idea that they're trying to go whole hog on picking up the, uh, the the old toys that have been discarded. You get a real, like, latter half of the stand kind of vibe from that. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> it's, oh, all right. Yeah. All right. I'm, I've derailed enough, but. Did you ever watch the show uh, Masks? Well, no, not Masks. Oh, never mind. I'll, I'll, I'll come back to it later. Okay. Yeah. Let, 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 me, let me know if you think of it because all I'm thinking of is The Mask with Jim Carrey. <laughs> um, which wouldn't be at the top of mind except I recently watched that, uh, that Netflix documentary Jim and Andy about the making of Man on the Moon and it has a lot of footage from The Mask in it. Oh, weird. <laughs> yeah. Um, anyway. So, like I said, Farson, pretty angry about these kids, but in reality, like, the oil's nice, but Farson wants his toy back. He wants right. he wants his uh, his seeing glass, his, uh, his bend of the rainbow. Which, it is real, like, Farson seems like a real smart guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, I mean, like, you, you alluded to this, so, so we might as well say, like, well, what we have seen happening with Rhea is her getting addicted to it and... Not just getting sick because she is foregoing kind of taking care of herself as she gets in that screen time. It's a real metaphor for the way our kids are wasting their lives on these yeah. damn iPhones. Um, no, no. <laughs> um, the, the, the glass itself is actually like sucking her life force. Uh, right. it's, it's taking her anima. And no matter how where she is in magic, she doesn't seem to seem to see that. Farson knows, knows what the effect is and kind of understands like I need this to be at my disposal for when I you know, like for for an operation like this for when we're ready to move. But if I have it around, I'm going to it will it will devour me whole essentially. So like that is the reason. <laughs> you know, it's it kind of like the way uh, uh, Gilead sent the kids away. You know, to keep them safe. Farson sent the glass away to keep it safe. Oh, that's that's a real dark mirror take on it. <laughs> and you think of and I. I also like how I don't know if this was earlier or, or later that that Roland talks about like the the other colors that he knows about. Oh yeah, is that is that yeah that's, yeah it's, right. it's it's in this section. It's when um it's, okay. it's when Roland um is is leaving Gilead and Stephen is, is is telling him about this. But that's also right. where we learn kind of some of these details. Right, and it and it's like oh yeah, like this thing is real. Also, there are two other ones that we know for sure exist. And like one is, you know, in this Mad Max situation. Yeah. I'm like, what? <laughs> one is in the hands of a gang of slow mutants in the desert named the Total Hogs. Which, yeah, like, what? <laughs> if, if, we, if we can't get the trademark on uh, Big Coffin Hunters, who knows if, if, if uh, Scribner or Ran- Random Houses got that locked right. down? We got to be the Total Hogs. I mean, if we can do barbecue in the desert. And be called slow mutants and look at like some kind of weird like yeah. glowing orb yeah like, this is this is completely on brand <laughs> just just wave around some gas pumps as though they were our dicks <laughs> you know? give me the crispy edges <laughs> the look it, at this orb it's the it's the way it happens yeah so but like these things are uh they're 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 one of a kind they are powerful world changing i was about to say world ending but only one of them is that world changing relics that you know confer great power upon people but you know do what do what it does to Rhea. they show either what's going on elsewhere in this world some of them 
help locate doors to other worlds. Some of them even look into other worlds, um, stuff like right. that. So when one of the, you know, the fact that one of these has shown up is a tremendous omen. And we're going to learn more about Merlin in the comics and also when we uh, talk about um, the wind through the keyhole. But uh, throw away what you know about Merlin from uh, from the Arthurian myth. Okay. Because it's a it's 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 a it's a little different, a little bit more sinister. <laughs> hmm. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. <laughs> so Sheriff Avery says our plan <laughs> to keep them at least locked down uh, is to tell the kids uh, the people at Hambry don't like having strangers around on Reef Day. Um, and you know, <laughs> that's kind of right, dumb yeah. because it just confirms that Reef Day is the day they have to move by. Right. It seems like, like these guys, these townies, if you will, mm-hmm. are getting outsmarted every which way by these 14 year olds. Yep. Like, cause like earlier they're like, Hey, we'll give them this very obvious schedule and they, they won't see it. Like it's <laughs> nobody, nobody thinks one step more. I mean, like J- Jonas does, but Jonas is also is, is also right. benefited by them being slow and behind as well. He he only needs them to be as knowledgeable as right. Well, <laughs> yeah. Jonas is isn't Jonas is the uh, the the ex gunslinger, right? Yes, yeah, that's Elder so, Elder Jonas is the 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 white haired guy. Yeah, right. So I mean, you got to give him something. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah, Jonas is the one who views this entire thing as like a game of castles or a game of chess. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But the plan is um, to keep them pinned down in their house, and while they're doing that, frame the kids, frame the uh, the people from Gilead um, uh, for crimes, and incite the crowd to kill them. Because hey, it was the mob; we can't be held responsible. They fucked up, and the mob killed them. Right. You know, and Cor- yeah, Coral Thorn, the mayor's sister, is you know all in on that. Um, you know, just laughing like, oh, I might join the crowd too. Like she's really full of spite. And there's some <laughs> there, there there's some stuff in this about like. Uh, the oh man, they describe the way that Coral and uh, Jonas have sex like it's like two ferrets trying to kill each other. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, mm, it's just unpleasant. Yeah, <laughs> no, uh, no, no good. These are not good people. Um, right, and uh, it, yeah. So, <laughs> so anyway, cut over. Susan has joined the boys in the graveyard um, after being accused of cord again uh cordelia is losing her mind uh suffering kind of a similar kind of descent or degradation that uh that, that Rhea is mm. um you know like Su- susan even notices like oh she even smells weird because she's not she's not bathing and she's so stressed out that she's just covered in flop sweat all the time right is there ever really an explanation given as to why her aunt just goes so quickly so like it goes so far so quickly. She's she, she has everything riding on this deal um with right. Susan and the mayor and she is her her like primary fault is this complete obsession with status. You right. Know? And so I I I think that I, th- I think that that combined with guilt over knowing that you know, knowing what she did to kind of like at least kill her brother or you know contribute to that is like pushing pushing her even further into this. Right. It, yeah. it I don't know. Like I get I get why, but I feel like this this happens real fast. <laughs> it's for, um it's it's been going for a little bit. 
Okay. Like it, like we're just now seeing the outward effects, but like her paranoia was, was peaked even, even as far back as when like she tried to, tried to make Susan wear the clothes that the mayor wanted her to wear. And she like right. flew off the handle. Like she, she very but, much yeah. view, views her niece as like just an object to be traded away. I mean, yeah, like I get this is very much like Real Housewives territory. <laughs> the real <laughs> God, <laughs> the Real Housewives of Barony Magus. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Oh boy. <laughs> hmm. Yeah. Also, she's probably Ooh. she's 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 pretty crushed that uh, that Jonas has rejected her too. Yeah. Oh. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Uh, Things haven't been working out for her, and she hasn't been doing herself any favors. Might be. No. Might be the way I would in- internalize it. And, uh, yeah. And I guess you know things have moved on. Yeah. You know. Yeah. 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 Bad um, stuff happens. <laughs> Bad stuff happens. Little kids meet in uh, graveyards, talk about murdering hundreds of people. You know. Yeah. Kids cutting tails off of dogs. What is this? Kids blowing dogs' heads up with firecrackers. We see yeah, that later. Geez. Yeah. <laughs> so Cuthbert has buried the hatchet. You know, when asked, you know, if 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 uh, he hates Susan, he says Roland's love is my love, and all of that is, you know, like yeah, we're just going to work together. We're cotet. We couldn't help it. Any, we couldn't help it anyway. They're, they're yeah, like they're they're doing they're they're actually doing the thing from it. They're you know everyone's coming together. Yeah, <laughs> all the pieces. The only person who isn't here yet is uh, Shimi, but he'll be falling in line uh, l- l- later on. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> What do you mean? Right. What do you mean? I, I'm I'm not a big fan of Shimi. I feel oh. like he's no. Yeah. He, uh, he he's again like it, Stephen it's, King it, does it, this it, a lot. It really is a Stephen King kind of trope. I think Shimi's yeah, kind like, of a badass. Yeah. Hmm? <laughs> what, what's that? I'm sorry. What'd you say? I think I think Shimi's kind of a badass. Uh, really? I mean, like he he does badass things. I I, I will admit that. Yeah. But um, I. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. I do love his but man. Yeah, I, I don't I don't think it's a great depiction, but I also like the way that he, he he benefits from people's complete lack of expectation of him in order right. to in, in order to be like a really effective friend. <laughs> you know, to the people right. he wants I to mean, help. Like I don't yeah, I don't know. Like I, I just this this trope just does not work for me. Yeah. It's it's and, re, it's real high stakes whenever you whenever you involve that. Right. So I don't know, but you know what? If you're going to read Stephen King, you're going to get that that trope. You're going to see it left and right. Yep. Yeah. So, what do you think of their plan? <laughs> um, because I think it's pretty ghastly. <laughs> like, it's really smart. It's very effective. But it seems that Susan is right when she says, "Oh, that's horrible." When they say oh, they're going to send the people into the thinny. Uh, so. Yeah, like it's it's bad, but also there's three of them. They're fourteen. Uh, there's about what a hundred that they're trying to get in there, plus some tankers. It's uh to to two hundred men. It's a okay. It's more, saying, yeah, yeah. It it is the it is these fourteen teenagers contemplating the murder of two hundred people who probably are much older than them. Right. Uh, I mean, this is that whole like a single death is a tragedy. Uh, 200 is a statistic yeah uh, but I, I also agree with susan it's horrible but it's not wrong they right they, 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 they happen to be siding almost literally literally with the devil 
that's <laughs> the devil. And this seems like they're definitely, you know, like they're not, they're gearing up for war. If war hasn't been declared already, like it, right. it's about to be. Yeah. I'm, I'm kind of okay with it. Oh yeah. They're, really... they're, they're, they're saving the lives of countless innocent people further in barony. Right. Like I'm not eh, like, like, eh. like, yeah, I guess if I was ever in this situation mm-hmm. and then I don't know, I, I would probably be like, all right, peace out. <laughs> the, but, the, well, of, 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 of course I would be nowhere near this or I would be one of the first to die. <laughs> 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 oh God, I forgot what my father looked like. Uh-oh. <laughs> try, try to draw his face, but all you draw is uh Charlie Brown. Oh no, that's not it at oh, all. No. You just picked up by the thinny. Gradually oh, that's get Felix the cat. <laughs> yeah it's um yeah. The, the other reason i remark on it it is a very smart plan but it's also yeah. like dying by a thinny has to be one of the most horrible ways to go being being devoured by an absence of reality itself that also happens to harbor all kinds of uh, uh nameless and faceless beasts is uh it's it's pretty it's pretty I mean, rough <laughs> I, uh, I don't know. this is where i insert state that you don't like name <laughs> Wait a minute, finish that. What? I don't know. I'd say, I, I, okay, classic is New Jersey. Okay. Have you seen New Jersey? Okay, yeah, yeah. Okay, okay, nice. A l- l- little bit of a punching Ooh. bag to do uh, New Jersey or like, oh, it's like going to Detroit. Yeah. Ah, uh, Detroit. Um. Okay, what's what's another good, uh, t- t- Topeka? Yeah. In, uh, t- wait, t- Topeka is from summer. earlier. Yeah. <laughs> what? Do people really think bad stuff about Topeka? I've, I've, I've Bugs Bunny is trying to get there, so oh yeah, yes, take a left at Albuquerque. Yeah. <laughs> I really can't say anything because I live in Florida, so okay, yeah, yeah so like, I, it's it's just a it, you know again, it's just a state full of crossbowmen. <laughs> yeah, the number one cause of death is katana in a Walmart parking lot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's real bad this time of year. Is it? I'm 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 sure. Is it? So is is that a situation? Like we've I've, I've made jokes about Florida. But I don't mm. know. I don't know the, uh, the 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 decorum of that, where it's like, oh, only I can make fun of my brother. No, no, it's you. It's Florida's bad, man. <laughs> okay, cool. I just, <laughs> what I don't want to do is like, like accidentally slag on your uh, on the place where no. you live. <laughs> so I mean, so that's the joke. The real answer is Florida has a very uh, uh, what is it? Uh, liberal law in term when it comes to police reports. Right, right. That's a very interesting so that- story. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that's 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 the reason. It's just because we publish everything, right? Like every everybody's got shit. We just don't hide it. <laughs> yeah, but no, it, it it's very weird because it is a it is a very southern state but with a lot of northern transplants. So you've right. got a lot of a lot of culture clash. Very, uh, um, uh, it's not very homogenous. No, yeah. it, it's it's not at all. It's very chunky. Yeah, that's so cool. It, <laughs> so you you, got, I mean, you got yourself a chunky state there. I mean, we've got cowboys up north and like kind of the tech hub in the middle and like the mouse there as well. And then like, you know, basically the largest Cuban population in the south. Like mm-hmm. it's it's a it's a weird state, man. Yeah. Winters the, are amazing, though. I'm sure. I'm sure. Yeah. Winters here suck. Yeah, Any- it, it, it was 70 here today. Cool. It was like it was like forty here. It's actually not, we haven't yeah, had, but, we haven't, we haven't yeah, snowed you, in like you, four years. I would die. 
Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I would rather go into a thinny toll. I would rather go into a thinny than I, I, go live, I, live. I would rather be driven into a thinny by smoke and gunpowder. Yeah. <laughs> uh, which is which is what they're going to do. Um, yeah, exactly. Yeah. In this uh, in this box canyon. And uh, Shibi's going to help because they need an extra set of hands and they know that they can trust him. Mm-hmm. Um, the thing they haven't figured out, though, is is how Rhea knew that Susan and Roland um, were together. Right. Remember last uh, last episode right. we talked about her sending along the note that they intercepted, mm-hmm. um, you know, trying to hip Cordelia to the fact that the deal was off. Um, and so, yeah, I, go ahead. it feels it, that seemed real sloppy for her for because here I am in, in Rhea's corner, you know, 100 percent Rhea head over here. <laughs> Rhea mania. We call her we call ourselves Urias. Uh, 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 that's that's unfortunate. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't think uh, maybe, maybe she uh, thought that uh, it, it seemed like her play was that Shimi would be way too afraid of her doing something terrible to him to even give it away. She didn't bank on on him finding his best friend. Yeah, I mean, yeah, like it is very much like, oh, how lucky. And I mean, it's so. Yeah. All right. Yeah. But yeah, they still haven't figured it out. Mm-hmm. To get to the bottom of this, uh, Roland does his hypnosis trick on Rhea. Uh, not on Rhea. Sorry. On on, oh, on, on, Su- on Susan. She she channels Rhea. That's why I got confused to kind of figure out why. And through questioning, determines that yes, this is this is one of the bends of the rainbow. This is Merlin's grapefruit, and that's where we get the the flashback to uh, to to Stephen Deshane uh, talking about one of these possibly being here. Mm-hmm. Um, you know. Up to the point where Steven said, yes, they're real. Like, all of them thought they were just sto- things from storybooks. Right. <laughs> it's, it's a real interesting world because, like, hey, magic is real. Uh-huh. Most of the time. And technology is kind of eh, kind of fake. <laughs> Ra- yeah, radios, that's just superstition. Nah. Orcs, yeah, they're here. <laughs> Throw it to the ground. Yeah. Um. <laughs> So my, my my favorite detail. So Black Thirteen is kind of introduced as the you know the thirteenth. Um, every one of the uh, bends of the rainbow represents one of the uh, one of the gates uh, at either end of the beams. Uh, Black Thirteen is the one that represents the tower itself, and that's that's considered to be the most terrible of all. Um, and like Stephen talks about, like he sits down, like yeah, we used to tell you know horror stories about this about this horrible black orb that brought misfortune with it wherever it went around the bonfire and like, oh, my parents told me not even to joke about it because they said that if it, if it hurt its name, it would start rolling your way, Yeah, <laughs> which made yeah, me like, think of just Marble Madness, the movie, except with Black oh, 13. No. <laughs> Black 13. <laughs> it's like it follows meets Marble Madness, but also a movie. Yep. <laughs> oh man. All right. Let's, let's pitch this goal. Yeah, let's, uh, let's fast track this one. It's going to get, it's, uh, let's put that in theaters by, uh, by, by Halloween 2018. Oh boy. <laughs> I mean, Hey, you know, uh, <laughs> horror movies can be made on a shoestring budget. We just get like one of those found footages. Oh We're yeah. Like, yeah. You know, we just, Oh no, it's coming down the hill towards you. Yeah. <laughs> just, just like a Ben Hur kind of thing. Just describe the action that you can't afford to shoot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so, so, so yeah. It, it feels like in this conversation that there, there's, hey, there's a little throwback to Ludden Dis, uh-huh. which is like, oh, okay, that's what happened there, <laughs> possibly. Um, 
but also it feels like they're kind of they're we're setting up a lot of and this is me speculating we're setting up a lot of stuff for later yes these things are very important okay yep. yeah <laughs> Woo! yeah <laughs> But yeah. no, yeah, it, it seems like we're we're establishing a lot about the tower here. Mm-hmm. We're establishing a lot about like what it is and like we like the the tower has been kind of very vaguely described uh, up until this point, but now it's like, no, here this is the tower. Yeah. Here are some things it can do. Here's how <laughs> how tall it is. Yeah. There, there there's a specific like there's a specific moment in this flashback not the one we're talking about with the bends of the rainbow but like in in this book where roland has his epiphany about the tower itself and establishes right. that as as his mission when he when he left his only concern was his family um and you know keeping himself alive here it's only susan like he has a one track mind or a one obsession kind of mind um you know, prior to what happens later on in this book, the tower is this thing that is mostly mostly symbolic of the order that Gilead and the line of gunslingers, uh, you know, the order that they're supposed to maintain. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. it's uh, it's starting to become more literal that, yes, these things that were taught as allegories or stories end up actually being real. Um, also real is... Roland's complete disdain for his mother. As he rides away, he does not even wave back at his sobbing mother. Oh, so cold. Ice. Cold. Ice. Roland. Oh. Ah. <laughs> so. <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah. Back in the present, um, yeah. Susan starts channeling Rhea, you know, speaking as she recalls what happened, speaking in her voice, making her face look just like hers, stuff like that. But we find out that, yes, she has the, she has the grapefruit, is in a box under her bed, and this is something that they're going to have to deal with uh, to bring back, you know, into the hands of Gilead. Uh, so it cannot fall to Farson's hands again. Yeah, and this takes us to the chapter closing the year, uh, where we get another one of these, oh, time is passing, you know, setting the yeah. scene for, you know, everybody kind of slowing down and getting ready for Reap and for the end of the year. Um, putting their stuffy guys together. I love stuffy guys. As I do a... too. I, this is a thing we should do, Cole. <laughs> Murph, let me get this straight. Are you just proposing we reenact this entire book? No, just just like the stuffy guy part. Oh, oh just yeah, you mean just make a scarecrow? Yeah. Well, no. I mean, you got, it's it's a stuffy guy, and you have to burn it. Yeah, it has to have red hands. You have to paint its hands red. I don't know. Like, I don't think we burn enough stuff. I'm just saying. No, no. People, people burn These... like sage in their new homes and stuff. But I really think that we could. Uh, I think we could solve a lot of problems if we just brought more effigies back into our uh, into our daily existence. Like, okay, like, yeah, like if we just made pictures of things that we don't like and put them in scarecrows and then just burn them in the street among a mob, it's I like, think this would be it's like at least the opposite, some energy. It's the opposite of a secret. This is my vision, scarecrow. This is my vision guy. <laughs> Um, look kids these days want to just look at their iphones they don't want to burn their enemies in effigy i think i i I love this bit of uh, narrative prose about the stuffy guys themselves no one will say what terrible old ways and unspeakable old gods are being propitiated by the burning of the stuffy guys from time to time one of these men will whisper two words under his breath char you tree so that's yeah that's gonna factor in (laughs) yep i've read that far (laughs) 
Um, <laughs> well, we're going to find out that that's part of that, like that's part of the big coffin hunters plan is to, mm. is to char you tree the boys. Um, <laughs> so Shimi's part of the plan, at least so far is to help smuggle some, uh, um, some firecrackers and some gunpowder away from the, the mayor's mansion in these, uh, graph barrels, you know, uh, with, uh, with, with Susan's help. And he innocently asked for a, for a fiend right. kiss from Susan, which is, which is super cute. So when I imagine graft, I imagine it tastes like straight turpentine. <laughs> um, I, it, it actually is described in a really appealing way. Graph is the apple beer that they talk oh, about. Yeah, but, hmm. Yeah. But okay. That doesn't maybe. sound tasty. I, I don't like cider. <laughs> So it's not like I don't see it as cider. I think if it was if it was cider, it would be described as such. I think it actually is beer that is flavored with apple, which sounds which sounds okay, tasty. That that sounds but but like also like wild apples suck. Okay, yeah, they're not describing orchards around here, so who knows if they actually have good varieties? Right. Like, have, have you ever had a crab apple, Cole? I've been dared to eat a crab apple. Yes. Yeah. Ugh. Yeah. No, it's 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 pretty bad. They're all mealy and sour and stuff. Yeah, like imagine that as a drink. Mm, okay, yeah. In, <laughs> in my head, I want to envision this tasty apple beer, but you're probably—I mean, you're no. probably right. It's, it's right. A- oh, I, so everything in this town sucks in my vision. <laughs> okay, okay. I'm picturing like but, down, like down home charm and simple living, and you know. Oh just no, a- <laughs> I'm thinking of like, oh yeah, that guy's got scurvy. <laughs> How would he have scurvy? He's, he's drinking so much apple. I, I don't know. Yeah. Oh, it's infused, like this apple contains power. no vitamin C because it, it has moved on. <laughs> the vitamin C has moved on. <laughs> oh, apple power bars. Um, oh, boy. So it's, it's mostly Chinese newspapers. Um, <laughs> so <laughs> we cut away to a scene with Rhea. Um, and this is this is where, you know, we, we kind of realize that. She's going even further. Like she's basically a skeleton with some hair, and she's covered so, with sores at this point. I'll I'll admire her commitment. Uh, <laughs> well, her commitment to keep to, to keeping her pet to keep to turning her pet into a stinky shawl or yeah. scarf. Because I mean, if, if I said, up, "Hey Cole, yeah, Cole, how about this cool snake shawl?" <laughs> I I would see if you cleaned it first. <laughs> <laughs> no, she's sewing Ermot's head back on. Yeah, I know. This is this is bad. This is a bad look. She stopped going to the bathroom. Murph. Oh yeah. Oh, the urea heads are not going to like this. <laughs> oh, there we go. Now I understand. Yeah, uh, she, she, she's just she's p- pissing where she sits. Yeah, this is. I mean, but so this is a very gross scene. But I also like how. So one of the cool things that I like about Dungeons and Dragons is the artifacts, and mm-hmm. like one of the cool things about the artifacts. Is how they're these, like they're not people, but they have the kind of this will of their own. Mm-hmm. And they definitely kind of take you over. Yeah, and like this is like super classic. Oh, for sure. Yeah, I'm 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 way into it. Like, yeah, don't, like don't don't mistake me. It is it is gross, um, but it is also like this is one of those cool ideas that you were talking about. Right, and then I'm like, oh, what are those hog boys doing? <laughs> Where are those hogs? Where are those wild hogs? Where are the wild hogs peeing? Oh no! <laughs> Not that movie. Not Tim <laughs> Allen. Oh no, Tim Allen with an orb. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh-huh. 
Yeah. <laughs> but she's looking into the orb and, you know, seeing these horrible scenes. Uh, Sheb, our piano player who Roland kills in the beginning of The Gunslinger, uh, he mm. takes to licking the licking chairs after his favorite... Uh, yeah, that was... Or, yeah, a little bit of a detail there. You know, after after ladies get up for, yeah. uh, for a furtive chair licker. Um, and perhaps a little bit more disturbingly, the ki- the kids have moved on from... You know, they're not just uh, cutting the dog's tails off anymore. They are feeding them firecrackers. Um, yeah, like, and I cannot, is... I cannot brook violence against a dog. <laughs> right. 200 people into a thinny is fine. Yeah. One dog, one hungry dog. Yeah. That dog just wanted some liver. Okay. Yeah. God damn it. God. Ah. Mm. So. Yeah. This is, yeah. Oof. Mm. <laughs> so. The boys have dug their trenches and filled them with uh, with with fireworks and gunpowder and stuff. And Susan um, is doing a little bit of detective work. She knows she's not going to be able to stick around after all this goes down. So she goes to check out her dad's uh, room in the stable and finds some evidence. She does some L.A. Noir stuff. She rot- rotates this thing around and oh man, <laughs> <laughs> determines that there are some pages missing from the back of his uh, his stock book. Um, right. Again, setting up the fact that there is this horse stealing conspiracy that the that the that the the, the horsemen's association um, is uh, no good. Yeah, it's it's for this. This just confirms to me that like small towns are just no good. Like it's all petty stuff. Hey, uh, hey, hey Murph, what's hiding behind those picket fences? Yeah, exactly. Who yeah. who you know? Like they bring that that hot dish. To the, to the church, uh, potluck. But you don't know. Hot maybe they, luck. maybe they're murdering your father and stealing your horses. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's nothing. It's nothing but tater tots, cream of mushroom soup, and deceit. Mm-hmm. <sighs> Gefilte fish, more like galita fish. Uh, wait, uh, gefilte fish. That's a uh, that's a Jewish thing, right? Are you, oh wait, are, shoot. What about, you're, what's you're, the... you're thinking of lutefisk. You're thinking of lutefisk. Yeah, Lut- Sorry. Lutefisk, yeah. Wow. Yeah. I apologize to the Jewish people. I would not mean to associate you with small town America. <laughs> no, no, uh, no. Lula, yeah, Lutefisk is the uh, it's what they serve up in like Minnesota. It's from like yeah. Scandinavia. It's fermented fish, like, fish that's treated with lye until the bones turn to jelly. Yeah, I, actually, it's probably delicious. That's, probably I'm, I'm sure. I'm sure it probably is okay. It's I, probably I, not delicious. I, 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 I mean, it's 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 prob it's probably distinctive. Let's say yeah. that. Um, I would try it once, but yeah. I would try anything once. I, like I only know it from the um, um, from that episode of King of the Hill where Bobby eats uh, a whole yes. tray of it. Um, yeah, that was oof. <laughs> and stinks up the church so bad that cotton burns the church down. <laughs> um, yeah. So mm. so anyway, what was I saying here? No. So so Cordelia finds her, and you know, is just she's just making these really vulgar accusations. About right. Susan, you know, I kind of don't even want to repeat it. Um, but, um, and, you know, Susan says, like, hey, guess what? We're missing some of these pages. Uh, you you ki- you killed your brother. Or at least you had a hand in it. Yeah. Yeah. And she just kind of like, eh. Yeah, whatever. Just, yeah, she's <laughs> like, whatever you, you that's, can't. That's you lied the to point. me. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like what? Yeah, no. Yeah, you, you 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 killed my father. Oh yeah. Well, you got kind of short with me after I sold your body to Larry David. <laughs> like, Jesus. Uh. So, so, um, 
we get a, a, a short scene here. You know, night is falling. All of Thor and the mayor's wife decides to climb into his bed for some warmth. Spends the last night together with him, tragically. And she dreams mm. of this gigantic bird, this terrible pink-eyed rock, casting bloody shadows over the town. Um, and turns out the mayor has the same dream himself. Which is a little bit of a little bit of the shine working, I think. Right. It, it what is it? It's it's your bird. It's your land, but also your bird. Yes. Yeah. That that was a. I don't know. That seemed like a real neat kind of turn of phrase for me. Yeah. <laughs> but it's like him trying to say like, oh, I feel guilty, but I shouldn't feel guilty. Is the way that he, <laughs> that, that he interpreted it. Like Olive Thorne is just a, just just a saint throughout this entire book. Oh um, boy. And the mayor's yep. just a piece of shit. <laughs> <laughs> um so roland and susan they spend they, they spend their last night together um you know and he tells her like hey if something happens to me you you need to promise you're not going to stick around you know you need to take my guns back to gilead you, you know you'll have a life there they'll keep you safe you know um but you just can't you know like nothing nothing can happen to you um but even as he says this he's considering just like just deucing out just like later guys <laughs> <laughs> right hey young young love yeah. you know he's he's 14 he can oh boy <sighs> yeah see you bert and johns you're gonna, uh, you're gonna deal with this yeah but he it's only a passing thought only a passing thought and as everybody sleeps their final restful sleep cordelia dresses up a stuffy guy in those same clothes that susan refused to wear uh, and, and burns it so let it be done, char you tree, I just so. And Cordelia, throughout the rest of this book, is doing some A-plus hex work. <laughs> oh, yeah, very, you know. She's making it happen, I think. <laughs> she, she hexes so good, the moon turns red. Oh, come on. I mean, she might be, uh, she, she, you know what? Susan was rude. Yeah. Where does she get off? So this moves us on to taking the ball, where exactly that happens. Um, (laughs) But not before we get a little bit of murder in, because the frame is on. Um, Kimba gets uh, gets a 12-inch knife stuck through his chest by Clay Reynolds. So there goes the the Minister of Inventory and Counting, or whatever his title was. (laughs) Right. Yeah. Um, And then Mayor Thorin wakes up from his dream of that bloody rock. And uh, gets his throat slit while pouring himself uh, just just a just some morning liquor, right? You, you know, regular regular person stuff. Yeah, he says I shouldn't make this a habit, but glug 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 glug. <laughs> yeah, I, no. I've I've been a good boy. I'm gonna treat myself. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, the uh, pape uh, ends up uh, right. The pape ends up killing killing the mayor, slitting his throat, using the blood to draw the crimson eye on the wall. Uh, that's the sigil of. Uh, or the sigil of um, uh, John Farson, uh, right, and others. We're going to find out. Uh, so good. I didn't. I didn't quite understand why he drew the eye. Was he trying to say, "Oh, look at them, these Gilead boys who would be a have turned traitor for Farson"? Is that the idea? Yeah, yeah. Like they're trying to portray, they're trying to portray it uh, to, like, to to the common rabble that it it was not the horse the Horsemen Association and these big coffin hunters who were actually betraying the affiliation for Farson that it was it was these you know inner barony kids who, okay so yeah. it like i mean like they they even describe their excuses as like flimsy and 
like not even holding up. Mm-hmm. But I, I guess this is like, oh, hey, look. Also, they drew an eye. Clearly, it's them. <laughs> yep. And yeah, just, just just pile it on. It accumulates. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But Roy, uh, you know, in addition to slitting the throat, drawing the eye, gouges out the mayor's eyes and leaves poor lookout. Oh, this poor Rook's skull mm. there to, you know, put a, oh, right. knee, yeah, put a neon had, arrow on it. He had found, uh, was it, is it Colbert's? Like, uh, or no, it was yeah, uh, C- Rowan's. C- Cuthbert's. Yeah. Or you Cuth- might, yeah. Yeah. Cuthbert's uh, uh, Rook, Rook skull, uh, which right. uh, which fell off the, uh, the, the horde of his saddle out at Sitco. Right. Yep. So oh. this is bad. Lengel and uh, uh, Sheriff Avery lead a posse to arrest the boys. They're taken entirely by surprise, but there's they're not even like hiding the fact that this right. is bad news. Like Lengel straight up says like, hey, stick with the winners in this world and know how the wind blows so you can tell when it changes direction. <laughs> like, Right. Yeah, this is. Yeah. Nobody. No one is like saying this is a, like they're not saying this is a frame up, but they might as well. Right, right. It's just uh, it's no, it's no good, no good down the line is uh, is is what this is. And Roland swears, I'm never ever going to let this happen to me again. Mm. Um, and we get a pretty badass scene when Jonas shows up. What do you think of the way Roland realizes what Jonas's deal is and the way he dresses him down? Hmm. I, I, I didn't get that. I'm sorry. What? Terrible. Yeah, I, it, it seemed fine. Like, oh, okay, Jonas is... I like the revelation that Jonas was a was an ex-gunslinger, uh, but I don't know. I guess it, uh, it, it didn't mean as much to me. I don't know. Sorry. No, like, no, it, that's it, fine. It, it's also a, a, again, 14-year-old boy talking to this old man. <laughs> I just I love the way that he slips into it. He's talking like court, but he's also talking like Roland Wood years and years later when he was training Eddie and Susanna. You know, okay. he, he he slips into it like who sent you West Maggot? Like he is very much taking charge, you know, as kind of the elder, the higher ranked person here. So for I guess the mental picture I got was like, Who sent you West Maggot? Oh yeah. <laughs> I, I picture I pictured it being said less like Sonic Sonic the Hedgehog and being said more with um like not not precociousness, but like just uh, like unexpected authority. Right. Yeah. And that's mm, I don't know. Like I I I've never yeah, I can't get a fourteen year old <laughs> Did you have any air? Sorry, it's yeah. uh... no, it's fine. You don't, you don't, you don't need, to, need to apologize. Um, I like this line though. The soul of uh, the soul of a man such as you can never leave the West. Uh, shoot exile, shoot worm, shoot you failure. You'll still live in exile and die as you live. Like <laughs> rolling flash <laughs> yeah. on this, realized you know the just the the core shame. The reason that Jonas is living the life that he's lived is because. He was exiled, you know, from right. from, from Gilead, like any others, like any like the people who, who exile, they still shoot. They just shoot as outlaws, um, <laughs> you know, and <laughs> completely dismantles them. Like this makes Jonas lose his cool. Like he draws immediately. Only Roland can see how quickly he moves at this. And Jonas is put off balance for the rest of the book. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like he's definitely from this point. Yeah. Mm, well, <laughs> that's that's another part. Which is, I, I won't spoil it, because that's a real good part. <laughs> yeah. Um, 
he tries to get a little bit of his, of his revenge, but it's uh, it is um, ineffectual right now. You know, the crowd has to kill them. It cannot go back to Farson just yet, um, right? You know, but instead he finds Cuthbert and Elaine's um, guns and dismantles them and throws their pieces into the field, which they can just go and pick up the pieces from the field, man. Yeah, like I, I didn't quite get. Is like that one. Those guns are probably valuable. Two. What are you? What are you doing? <laughs> I don't think he's thinking clearly. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah clearly. But like, <laughs> yeah, like, like, ugh. yeah. But oh, but, like literally just earlier they were talking like, yeah, we got like maybe twelve guns and forty men. Yeah. Uh, one of our guys is like playing with this musket that I think he like made on his own. He'll be oh, lucky right, if he yeah. doesn't go blind when it blows up in his face. Right, yeah, and, like, and here's like, here's like two pretty effective looking, like I believe they're what, like, uh, they're they're described as guns with clips, right? I I I I can't remember. I I I, yeah. I, I picture them as uh, as revolvers. There are guns with clips. Like at at this point, a machine gun has been introduced, right? Um, and uh, everybody is talking about the machine gun. Um, like it's the fireworks factory and we're wondering when they're going to get to it. Um, <laughs> but I, I can't remember if uh, the guns yeah. that they have were automatics. They're, they're, they're practice guns, but like they are not the, they are not the full um, like journeyman guns that Roland has. Right. Um, and Roland's guns aren't there. They are there elsewhere because he has left them in a place where Susan can get to them. Um, yeah. So they are in jail. Um, if this was a maniac mansion, they would, they would have been taken to the dungeon by weird Edna. Um, <laughs> Yeah. Maria, uh, the head servant at Seafront, wakes up Susan and says, like, hey, you need to run because the people who killed the mayor. Oh, right. I'm sorry. The mayor's dead. Uh, they gouged out his eyes. It was real fucked up. Also, Kimber Reimer's dead. Nobody liked him, but he's dead, too. They might come back to kill you. So you need to run as fast as you can. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mm. Um, mm. And apropos of nothing, we get our scene. Uh, of, yep. of Rhea's favorite uh, tourist stop within the world of the orb. Uh, the, the the favorite person. Remember the orb shows people um, at their lowest, right? Doing things that they never want anybody to, anybody to see masturbating while looking through keyholes, you know, licking those seats, um, poisoning somebody. Uh, Rhea's favorite stop. You like this Murph. So I'm going to, uh, I'm going to, oh, oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> <laughs> no, you, you, you asked at the beginning, are we going to talk about this? Yeah. You're like, Oh, we got to talk. Okay. <laughs> I'm not saying you endorse this behavior. I'm like, yeah, it's a really good way to do that. No, I just want to like the, the, this, this affected you in, in, in a pretty strong way. So I want to leave it to you to describe right. what Rhea, uh, makes so, a point to see every day. So there's a, there's a woman in town, uh, who, you know, after her family has gone away, uh, who I guess you know strips naked, and then she it is described that she has the the cleanest corners in all of Midworld, and then She's proceeds like obsessively to, clean is what she yes. is, is the way she presents herself, and 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 basically licks the corners of her house clean, even to yeah. the point of like getting splinters in her tongue, Instead like of stopping to spit the blood out. Right. Well, of course, you can't have. Then you'd have bloody corners. <laughs> well, people would know. Right. Jeez. So the reason that for for me, this did you ever read the Ender's Game series? No, no, I did not. So there's a there's a character 
who I, I hope this is OCD and that's what I'm going to classify it as, mm-hmm. uh, who like, so, uh, Orson Scott Cod, known shitbag, right. uh, but you know, uh, people, people a, still speak volumes of those books, even if they have a complicated right. relationship with, uh, with, the, with their creator. Right. And, um, there's, there's a weird, there's a character and I don't, it's, I believe it's in the Xenocide book. But there's a basically a race of like super geniuses that have been given OCD for reasons, you know, <laughs> just just by a capricious god. Uh, I mean, a capricious scientist okay. to keep them in, in line, basically, like you know, genetically engineered you know, geniuses. But like the there are like four or five scenes of this character like tracing lines with her eye uh on the floor of her home and like fairly lengthy passages hmm. of, of this and like this is what evoked that and i i don't i don't know this 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 scene seems i i don't know why this scene affected me because it it seems very out of place but also very in place yeah i mean i don't know uh, man i mean b- bizarre without question right right yeah but but also like very much so i'm going to i'm going to pull a little good out of that because it's she says one day she'll get caught and she doesn't care mm-hmm. and it that seems kind of a uh kind of a metaphor for the rest of the world like things are kind of going to ruin but like <laughs> we're still going to go down this path yeah and eventually it's going to kill us but whatever consequences be damned yeah yeah but man this is this is a weird man yeah it's <laughs> this I, is a weird couple of pages i i like this because it says you know it says more about Rhea than than it says about this character who is introduced and disposed of in the in kind of the same I, breath because you know like I, good i also kind of like i kind of knew who Rhea was at this point <laughs> yeah because she she has she has basically the like the secrets the the, the 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 secret innermost shameful lives if, if not this entire town like the entire surrounding region maybe even the world whatever the grapefruit decides to have her see um and all the stuff that's you know described you know people blowing up dogs people doing all this weird sex stuff like what she focuses on um is almost like innocent compared to the rest of those like there's not really a victim except for the person the person herself who is, yeah. who, who, who is doing this and it's her favorite because of how degrading it is for the person that she's watching yeah, I don't yeah man I don't even and, and she and she just likes riding the knife's edge like even if this person doesn't care if they get caught like she she's like watching every single time like a fairweather NASCAR fan who's just watching it hoping for a crash like I watch this just in case something terrible might happen because somebody's gonna walk through this door one day right <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah I, I don't know man it's i don't it's a it's a weirdly striking scene mm-hmm. i don't know mm. you ever read the uh the short story the yellow wallpaper i have not it's a <laughs> it, is, it is a very good um horror short story um that uh is about a woman who is locked in a room for like quiet rest therapy like she has some some mental uh, difficulties going on and uh, the room that she's locked in has this yellow wallpaper that has like these, this blotchy pattern on it. And it's about her kind of 
descent into madness as she sees the blotches taking on the forms of like monsters that beckon to her. Hmm. Um, okay. And it ends with her, um, you know, having completely, lo- completely lost her mind thinking that she, uh, you know, is in the world of the wallpaper, but instead she is crawling around the, uh, the, like the, the floorboards of this room, like pressed up against the walls, trying to get inside of it. Hmm. Yeah. It's a very, it's a very good short story, even though I just ruined the entire thing. It's a, it's a, it's, it's earlier than you would expect for like that kind of, that kind of horror to happen. Interesting. It's like, like huh. from the 1800s. Huh? Yeah. Yeah. That's weird. But that <laughs> sounds like good. I will yeah. I'll probably look into that. Yeah. Um, you said we would talk about that for an hour. We didn't quite. Um, oh, I've got, I've got more. <laughs> Do you? No. Okay. I don't want to rush well, you. I want to make. I want to make sure you get a chance to say what you nope. want to say. Look. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> she she gets that. Um, she she's she's interrupted. She doesn't get a chance to see if uh, right. if she you know this woman is caught because she hears the she hears hoof prints or uh, hears a uh, horse hoofs coming up. It's the big coffin hunters coming to take her orb from her, and she says, "No, the orb has chosen me." It is only going to work for me, um, and I would sooner dash this against the rocks than let you have it. We're getting some real shades of, uh, if, if you're Lord of the Rings fans, real real golem kind of thing going on here. Yeah, real real golem, Smeagol kind of thing, because like she doesn't have the guts to actually destroy it. Right. Like, you know, like <laughs> she's holding it above her head, and it paints a real horrifying picture. All you need is... De Pape's reaction like he draws his gun upon seeing Rhea and right. Elder's like, like no like just put her to put, put it away and all all De Pape can say is but look at her look at her Eldred <laughs> right like I imagine like oh it's it's like some kind of like a feral animal at this point yeah. really like that's really yeah. what she's become right this is this is a monster what what he sees when he looks at Rhea, you know, dancing and holding holding this thing above her and shifting her weight because she can't actually support it, um, right. you know, is it, it is a, a skeleton imp, and it, you know he wants to kill it even if he doesn't feel like he's in danger. He might be doing her a favor. And I'm sure there's some kind of weird gender politics around this word, but she is a hag at this point, mm-hmm. but in a, a classic D and D sense, right. Which is like a twenty CR seven monster. <laughs> it's yeah. bad news. Yeah, bad news and a big deal. Yeah, a, a, a hag or if you want to play into the archetypes, we have the uh, the crone, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, so crone, like I would use the word wise. Okay. I would never use the wise hag. <laughs> right. Yeah. It's, yeah. Yeah. But but, that, but that's but that's kind of the. Uh, part of the role that she is playing, mm-hmm. if not entirely. I'm just trying to soften. I'm, I'm trying to add context or shade to the to the word hag, so it's not like yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I don't know. Like, I don't think you're wrong yeah. for using it because, like, you are you are describing a D and D monster, but right, but yeah. But I yeah, I realize that yeah, there's there's some real gender issues with that word. Yeah. So yeah. I'm also thinking of the uh, the crones from The Witcher as well. So oh, see, I haven't, okay, yeah, sorry. Yeah. I, haven't haven't played. Sorry, it's 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 December. I'm so busy. No, I'm not. I'm not going to pressure you. It's a big. It's a big thing. Oh, Cole, Cole, <laughs> what? I'm so sorry. Don't beat me. <laughs> it's a, it's a very good game, but you already know that it's been out for several years. Ah, <laughs> uh. <laughs> why why does everybody treat me like a monster? I just try to be nice. 
Maybe if you stop looking at your glowing orb. <laughs> um, so they decide to reach a deal because Rhea yeah. says first she bluffs like, oh, it won't work without me. Um, and Jonah says, well, it doesn't work already. Like you've been trying to like you've, you've already said it's gone quiet. Like it, it doesn't work for you. Then she says, if you kill me, I will curse it. So Farson can never use it again. Which would be, which in a lot of ways would be worse than if she actually just destroyed it. She right. understands that the big coffin hunters are accountable with their lives for the delivery and receipt of this orb. Right. And we learn a, a bit about Farson and that he, like, okay, yeah, I look, man, I don't want to piss off Farson. We'll do whatever you want. Right. <laughs> it, like, that tells us more about Farson than Rhea. Yes, uh, they they would prefer to travel with this piss reeking woman, um, <laughs> and her crazy Dragula hearse, sur- right. surrounded surrounded by dead bloated goats, uh, than anger Farson. So you know, again, yeah, like put all this on the balance, right? <laughs> I love that cart. I love that. Just like yeah. like oh, here here is a prop from like a haunted Halloween hayride. Or yeah, like or uh, God, what for some reason Pinocchio, the 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 Disney animated. Oh yeah, with the um, was it the 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 puppet cart? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, it's got it's it's got a real kind of like flair for the uh, for the dramatic. It's covered with all these you know cabal cabalistic yeah. symbols and stuff. Yeah, I mean, like what are they so? Uh, because we're talking about podcasts, we got to talk about the McElroys. Of course. Uh, did you ever uh, listen to the Sawbones about the uh, the the medicine peddlers of the old timey days? Yeah, yeah, the one about uh, patent medicine, right? Yes. So yeah, whenever there was an old western, this is what I imagine, or they, there's always be the patent medicine guys. Mm-hmm. This is kind of what I would imagine this thing looked like, but also like make it fifty percent more metal. <laughs> yep. For sure. I just, I, I love that she still has the surround. Um, and that, like, it is obviously from her days when she was either younger or more powerful or hadn't left society behind. Because right. that's, a, I mean, that, that's a real thing for her. But, like, you can picture her going into town to freak out the squares with this thing. And I her. mean, of course she had this. I, like, there's no reason why she wouldn't have this. <laughs> yep. Yeah, but I mean, for the rest of the book, she is riding around to this thing and cackling, like living into her full stereotype. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, let's move on to the last chapter here, The Ashes. Um, because, um, I mean, I just, I've been saying this for like yeah. eight weeks now. Uh, <laughs> tensions are ratcheting up. Um, yeah. This is this is mostly from Susan's perspective, is, is, is what we're getting as she is kind of navigating a town that is just lost its mayor and its chancellor and apparently has been betrayed by the people who are supposed to be keeping it safe. Right. Right. Oh yeah. Like, yeah, things are not going well with this town. This is a, there are, everyone's probably on a knife's edge. Right. Right. Well, I mean, especially, I mean, cords off of that knife's edge because she, Oh, oh yeah. Yeah. She the runs out on the knife's edge. Yeah. She runs out yeah. with a, with a, with a box of ashes. Like everything is ruined. Her all of her hopes for getting any kind of money or status in exchange for Susan are gone with Mayor Thorin's death. Um, and she decides, I'm going to curse you, Susan, by throwing ashes in your face. Like, well, all right, that's pretty metal. <laughs> Even more metal. Susan says, you know what? I'm going to take some of this ash. And I'm going to rub it on your face because I, you know, yeah. I know this. I, I know that your mind is broken. 
And Susan tries to remain magnanimous, just stating what the fact is. She's, she says, you know, by by the beginning of the new year, we'll, we will be married. Um, in fact, I am pregnant with Roland's child, which is a which is a bit of a bomb drop. Yeah, yeah. Which yeah. All right. Okay. Um, yeah. <laughs> put one on the board for oh Susan's in real trouble. We've known she's been, she's been in trouble this whole the, the 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 this whole book, and I'm not doing like the the southern euphemism like oh she's you know she's in trouble she's oh, in the family yeah, way yeah. yeah um no but like this is like uh oh somebody doesn't get pregnant in the story unless something terrible happens <laughs> we know from the fact that Roland isn't traveling with Susan that something terrible happens but like right. yeah this is this, we, uh, <laughs> this is the news Roland has, yeah Roland has not talked about his kid or has been traveling with a kid. Or definitely doesn't have issues with the fact that Jake exists. Like, <laughs> uh, yeah. So Susan goes, gets Roland's guns, but cannot le- cannot bring herself to follow his uh, follow his request. Will not leave right. town. Will not go to Gilead. She pictures him burning on the bonfire, which he certainly will do because Lengel gives his speech and all, but says, "Yeah, we're gonna burn these kids." Everything right. is canceled except the bonfire, which must go on no matter what. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Stuffy dolls. Yep. Stuffy guys on the, on, Look, on the we've bar. Got the sponsor, we got sponsorship from the Stuffy Doll Corporation. Mm. This has to go down. Yep. Don't get caught red-handed without one of our Stuffy guys. Uh, yeah. Or do. <laughs> But only if you burned it. This slogan's long. Somebody edit Fi- this. And then fire they, they sale. Get <laughs> yeah, so it's a fire, yeah. Um, <laughs> so yeah, let's let's talk about Susan's um, plan to bust out um, Roland, Ellen, and, and Cuthbert because uh, oh, yeah. yeah, because it involves some cowboy clothes and some firecrackers and a gun. And... It's an old-fashioned jailbreak. <laughs> yep. Uh, again, making this into even more of a western than it already right. was um so the idea is <laughs> shimi is going to be standing outside the uh the sheriff station lighting off firecrackers because kids have been doing this the entire time in the lead up to reap it's like a uh, is, is this the case for you down there where like basically the entire month of june and half of july is people setting off fireworks even though it's oh, not yeah. the fourth of july okay yeah yeah it's it's there's fireworks there's uh i mean really any holiday like yeah. And like it, like the Fourth of July is absolute terror for my dogs. Oh man, poor things. Yeah, they're fine. <laughs> ah, yeah. um, uh, it's just it's just one night. Um, <laughs> but um, but the reason they're doing that is to cover up any gunfire. To you know to make sure right. that if suspicion is raised, um, it is only toward the uh, you know the firecrackers themselves. And we get this kind of badass scene of this cloaked figure, you know, draped in a serape and you know wearing a sombrero. <laughs> Uh, basically everything about her concealed walking along with a gun hidden beneath the Serape singing careless love <laughs> carrying yeah. guns as like somebody inside the jail plays a guitar. Like I'm just picturing the cuts. I'm like storyboarding this thing in my head. <laughs> um, yeah. Good. Yeah. But he's not playing it well though. That's the thing, right? Yeah. That's the thing. It's real. It, it, it's real fucked up. Like uh, uh, Cuthbert says, I'll, I will confess to the murder of Arthur Eld as long as you stop singing. <laughs> <laughs> for as for as badass as susan's approach is she was not uh she was not really ready to cash that check right nope, because she was not no she she deals with it like 
she accomplishes what she meant to accomplish, but not without some extreme remorse because the deputy and also setting herself on fire, right? Oh yeah. Yeah. She fires through the syrup, <laughs> uh, trying to keep it concealed. Um, yeah. Maybe she saw, she saw that in a movie once who knows. Right. Um, but she ends up killing deputy Dave, who is not much older than her. Like they grew up together. Um, it's right. a, like, he's by all <laughs> basically, except for the company he keeps like a really good guy. Right. It made yeah. no it, sense that he had to die. It seems like Stephen King, like they really like linger on this point. Like, I'm like, what about his wife? I heard <laughs> that she had a kid. Yeah. I heard <laughs> that kid had a kid. <laughs> that baby had a baby. Yeah. It's, um, I mean, it's just underlining Susan's, Susan's guilt and grief. Like yeah. <sighs> Sheriff Avery dying. Isn't that big of a deal. Like he, he was, he was probably going to slip into a coma that night for meeting four pork chops anyway. <laughs> <laughs> they say that like he was he was drifting off after a four chop dinner oh jeez four chops four whole chops um but yeah like like, like susan you know like the, this, this chapter you know ends saying like oh she she had paid for her love to the dearest currency uh mm. she had paid with her soul um you know having having committed murder uh right. to, to 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 get rolling down she can't get rid of the guns fast enough she thinks they feel filthy she, she never wants to touch one so, again I mean, yeah. Well, I mean, it's it's about who she killed, really. Like, because I mean, yes. Roland's about to kill about maybe like eh, five hundred people, right? In the next right. couple hours, but <laughs> it's yeah. it's interesting because they've been setting her up as yeah. as being as having something of a gunslinger in her, even outside of the times when she's with Roland. Ba boom! Um, oh, <laughs> um, <laughs> wow! Yeah, <so>, um, <laughs> just wanted to try out that kind of crass humor. Uh, you know, it's, it's, yeah, just giving, yeah, giving, yeah. giving it a shot. Um, no, no, but like they, they, yeah. they've been playing it up. Like she, when Cor- right. when Cordelia tries to attack her, like she reaches up and you know, like grabs her wrist. Like she has some of that steel, or it's fainting toward like ah, you know, she's she, she's a natural. This is what happens well, when a person who isn't trained from birth to kill kills. Right. I mean, I mean, they they were meant like if she had lived, I bet she might have made it. Like she was mm-hmm. part of the quartet. Like not everyone who joins the cotet is a gunslinger, but right. it seems like I don't know three out of the four do. <laughs> yeah, just, I'm just saying. Yeah, three three out of the five. Shimi, you know, he ends oh, up doing okay. his own bit. Yeah, I, I was thinking about of, uh, of Eddie and Susan and, oh, and Jake. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't think Jake is Jake's not a gunslinger technically, right? He trains under Roland. He shoots. He's got the Luger. Uh, yeah, yeah, I guess. Okay, yeah. All right. So four out of four. Yeah. Four, sure. four, four out of five, Oi doesn't count. Okay, well, okay, then if he doesn't count, he's not a five. <laughs> no, I mean, I mean like, Oi, Oi doesn't count as a gunslinger. Oh, like, okay. like, like, at no point does he, like, Maggie Simpson that gun and shoot Mr. Burns or whatever, like. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, boy. <laughs> um, but that's the end of the chapter, and that's the end of the section that we're going to cover on this episode. Um, yeah. That's, um, that's where we leave off with them getting out of getting out of prison and, 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 and Susan kind of incurring the cost of her association and incurring, incurring the cost of what she needs to do, you know, oh, to live and maybe, keep Roland alive. Maybe she's not done paying. <laughs> dun, dun, dun. I'm out of it. Yeah. Um, we'll see in the next couple of chapters. Yeah. <laughs> so what do you think? Any final thoughts about this, uh, uh, about this particular section or um, vague forecasting into uh, what you have read so far, or what we're setting up for? So I've read up to the end of, well, yeah. So I've read up to 
all the gods Chilians have shoes. Yeah, all, all gods Chilians got shoes. Yeah, yeah. So I'm, I'm, I don't know. I think I'm. I don't know what the next episode is up to. Is it up to there or going yeah, further? It's up to the end of the flashback. Oh, okay. So yeah, then I yeah, I'm not sure. I'm this this seemed like it was kind of punctuated with like really cool things mm-hmm. followed by like some real low key town stuff. Yeah. So I it again, I think it's even said the pacing is not the best. Mm-hmm. But we'll we'll see. I'm interested in seeing what happens when we when we finally return to the present day. Yeah. It, it like it seems like there's another there's some stuff in there. Yes. Yeah. It should be interesting and it <laughs> maybe relate to the stuff that happens here because that's good storytelling. Yeah. Plant the seeds. Mhm. Yeah. I feel like I said what I have to say. Uh I, again this the, this is a book that increasingly is defined by its villains for me. Um mm. and Rhea steals the show in this particular right. section for me. Um, She's a real MVP. Yeah. Um, and we'll, you know, we'll, we'll see the culmination of her story, um, right later on. So like you alluded to Murph, uh, the next episode, uh, is going to finish out this, uh, um, this flashback. So it'll go up, it'll it'll go up to, you know, basically when we're in present day again, we're going to have one episode about the present day stuff. Um, you know, cut, cover them you know, getting to that massive uh, palace off in the distance beyond the thinnies. Um, and then I should probably uh, give a little bit of a preview or explain what's going to happen in the off season between these. Just Ooh. so, just so people know, because something, something kind of strange is going to happen and like, not like re- remarkably strange, but like <laughs> it, 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 it takes a little bit of elaborating because the next book chronologically is going to be um, the wind through the keyhole. And we're going to have like a proper season about that um, handful of episodes. Um, really looking forward to that because that is a good book. <laughs> um, All right. Uh, yeah. Uh, let me let me see here. I need to pull up my sheet so I can say. But there is, there are some holes in the uh, narrative that the Gunslinger comics fill out. So we're going to have uh, we're going to have one episode about the book Desperation. After this chapter ends, you know, again, these little palette palette cleansers with uh, books that are related to the Dark Tower kind of canon. So Desperation. Um, Then we're going to have an episode about the comics, The Long Road Home and Treachery. um, Setting up what happens after Roland leaves Magus. And kind of gets back into um, Gilead and um, kind of establishes even some of the inner sabotage that is happening in there outside of Farson's people. Um, <laughs> chronologically, hmm. that will lead into when Roland is sent away to deal with what happens in the wind of the keyhole, you know, because that is an integral. Uh, after that, we're going to talk about the sorcerer, the fall of Gilead and the battle of Jericho Hill. Again, those are tra- like just, it's going to be one episode about those two trades and that one, one shot. And then the little sisters of Illyria, is a short story that takes place shortly, shortly before the gunslinger. And that gets us back up to where, um, the main story begins. That gets us back up to where we first met Roland. And we're going to have two episodes, um, about Salem's lot and the regulators. All this is going to be at the web on the website. So don't yeah. worry. <laughs> uh, because, <laughs> but I'm just explaining what the, ne- what the next one's going to be, because there's a lot of like bouncing around and back and forth kind of stuff as we get ready for the wolves of the Kala. Um, cool. Yeah. 
So, so I like comic books. I think I'll read some of them. Yeah, they're okay. They're okay. <laughs> they're okay. <laughs> yeah, I don't want. I don't want to um, get anybody's hopes up. What I will tell you, Murph, is stay away mm-hmm. from a gunslinger born because it okay. is it is just a retelling of this book and the flashbacks in the gunslinger. Oh, okay. Yeah. Meh. All right. <laughs> St- start with a long road home if you're gonna okay. if you're gonna do that. And they're on Comicsology, like they're they're Marvel published, so you can you can find them. Hmm. Cool. I, yeah, I don't I don't believe they're in the uh, the the Marvel Now app or what is it? <sighs> Maybe I don't. I don't no, they're know. not. I will, no? I will confirm that they are not because I I have that app and it while it is great, it yeah. does not have the real, real spotty. Yeah. 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 Um, so anyway, Murph, where can people yes. find you on the internet? Oh my goodness. Uh, dinosaurs are cool.com. My website where you, I, you can find my other podcast, some of my tabletop games, some of my video games. Yeah. And also, uh, I'm on Twitter at dork night show, which is my primary other podcast, which I will be recording in about 15 minutes. <laughs> Thank you very much for, uh, for, for fitting this in, um, oh, around that. my pleasure. Cool. Yeah. Um, cool and where can they find you cole they can find the me on, on other shows across the duckfeed.tv uh, network um and also on twitter at cole ross and i do streaming at twitch.tv slash duckfeed tv um consider supporting the show by going to patreon.com slash duckfeed tv or if you're going to be buying any of those uh titles that we talked about be that um desperation or those comics anything through amazon go to um um, duckfeed.tv slash tip jar and use the Amazon link there. We get a small kickback from that. This is the last episode of the show to come out in 2017. Thank you everybody so much for making this a real successful year um, uh, for, for, for the show. Um, thank you, Murph. And also thank you to all the other, uh, uh, you know, kind of co-panelists who have, who have come on. We've had a lot of fun in this and we are not even halfway through Uh, the stuff we're going to cover. So we have a lot of cool stuff ahead. Hope everybody has a fun and safe holiday. And I think that's about it. Murph, I will let you go. Uh, but you're not going to wish me long days and pleasant nights. No, I'm going to do that. But I was going to say, I'm going to let you go, but I want to, I want to tell you, Hey Murph, long days and pleasant nights. Long and you, oh crap. And 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 you twice the number. Yeah. Okay, I'm back. Nope. All right. So while we, while we've we've lost the train and I can get us further off track. Okay. I remembered what the the thing was with the. So there was a, a an '80s cartoon called The Visionaries, Knights of the Magical Light. Okay. And they they lived in a very much uh, a very dark tower like world, and that where at one point technology just stopped working. Okay. Like even so at one point like one of the characters was was a detective and like used to work in a shopping mall for reasons, you know, like detectives do. Yeah. Uh and like, you know, there used to be electricity and suddenly they didn't. Mm-hmm. And like the person that they like take their orders from is Merlin, but he's really actually just like a guy who has technology. Oh, but, okay. Yeah. And like the there's also a bad wizard and he also has technology. But also they have like the the bad guy like so they the the gimmick is they have the holograms on their chest of different animals, 
Okay, so they were they the, some toy factory had excess holograms, and they made a show around some toys they could make with holograms. Right, and well, the the main guy, bad guy, uh, had a snail. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> which, <laughs> was which, was his hologram like that? Was his uh, his? Yeah, his hologram was a snail. Huh. Was it more menacing in the show? I, I mean, it was a kind of a menacing snail. <laughs> yeah, it was one of those one of those related those snails that has like the spiky shells. Kind, yeah, kind of like yeah. I mean, like everyone else was like there was like a gorilla and a shark and like uh, a you know a bear, yeah. and a cheetah, and then like the bad you know the main bad guy was well they they called it mollusk, but it was you know it was a snail. <laughs> it's real, real real fancy, real real yeah. fancy kind of. Trying to be highfalutin with that mollusk. If you ever wanted to, yeah, he had what is it? What creeps? What crawls? What and what does not? Let all that grows recede and rot. Ah, okay. Yeah, yeah, they all had little rhymes. It was great. (laughs) I've I've never, I've never heard of this show before. I oh man, I maybe uh, no, actually don't don't check it out. (laughs) It it comes from the eighties and is bad. Yeah, I bet you repeat yourself. Yeah. <laughs> huh. 